Welcome to Love Essie, the podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm back. Uh, You might be like, where did you go? I had no idea. You left. Well, I did. I did. I mean, I didn't go anywhere. No, um, I've just been working and trying not to die from, you know, the panorama, pangea, panaceta, whatever. Um, But I took a bit of a break because reading was getting a little bit hard, you know, like I was picking up books and not being able to finish them. And that was just aggravating me. Um, so I took a bit of a break. Um, and then to be okay, to be completely transparent, I was also I just fell down the rabbit hole of rereading um Nadine Sing Side Changeling because Last Guard was gonna come out. And even though I'd already gotten an arc for Last Guard and had read it, I was like, but now I want to read everything else. Um before that, and I didn't fully read every book in the series before Last Guard. I skipped a few, um, but I but I read a significant amount. Uh, I, you know, I read more than five. Anyway, today's episode is going to be about Last Guard. Now, some of you might be going, Esther, the book came out July 20th, 2021. It has not yet been even two weeks. You're right. You're right. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to be really, 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 really clear about when I'm going to, you know, jumpstart into the spoilers um and before that i'm going to do my absolute best to talk about it without spoiling things so that way if you're like but i have another red it will be clear while you're listening and in the show notes and probably when i post about it on social media exactly where spoilers begin so i don't fuck shit up for you now if you don't care about spoilers you're gonna you know you're gonna listen right through um, if you do care about spoilers, you are going to know when to stop. Like, you're going to know. And if you don't stop, I mean, I can't help you, okay? I cannot be there to direct your fingers or whatever appendages to stop the recording uh, to me said that part, right? So, you know. Um, but I'm I'm not going to be all like, let me tell you. No, no, no. I'm not going to do that to you because that's not fair. That's not cool. Now, very basic stuff that you will know if you pick up the book and read the front, the blurb, whether it's on the inside of the card cover, you know, you're on a, on a website purchasing an e-book. Um, Last Guard are two sort of, are two main characters in this book, are two characters who we've really never, we've met, had mention of one. We haven't even had the name of the other come up. We've got Pyle Rao. I'm pretty sure I'm saying that wrong, but it's okay. Um, She's mentioned briefly as a potential... I believe she's mentioned in not Kayla's book. Ooh. She's mentioned... I think it's Gia Khan that says something about her or complains about her. Or there's conversation about, like, because they both lead their family groups in... um, the region and she is a cardinal telekinetic and an anchor which we find out obviously in this book but like it's on the back um our other main character is canto mercant or mercant i think i'm gonna be saying mercant so sorry if you're like it's mercant i'm like yes 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 mercant mercant it's my accent what accent jono say run with it people um 
Kanto, we have not heard about him. Now, we've heard of the fact that, like, we know the Mercant family, see, um, is hella powerful in the sense that, like, they are just constantly digging up information. We've met Ina, we've met Silver, and there's brief mention of her, oh, and Arwen, and then there's brief mention of uh, Silver's cousin, Ivan. Kanto is another cousin. Um, okay, so that's about all I'm gonna say in terms of, like, the two of them because I feel like so basically you're like what is happening here welcome to you know the craziness that is moi this book okay this series in general and I feel like this applies whether you literally started at the first book of the side changeling at the side trinity series which is silver silence or if you've been um with the series from the very first book silver silence right because or ah 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 slave to sensation sorry sorry lucas and sasha so sorry um i feel like whether you started at slave to sensation with lucas and sasha all the way to now or you were like oh girl that's a lot of books and so i'm gonna start with silver and see i want to call him valentine because of the latino enemy but i was listening to the audiobook from the library and it's like valentine and i'm like i don't know if i can do that anyway uh regardless of where you sort of start the series um what is so 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 clear um to me at least in this book is family community and bonds how both Having bonds and the lack of bonds shapes people, right? Um, I'm sure that, like, there are those conversations of, like, nurture versus nature, right? Like, you can be born, like, are you predestined to be a certain way because you were born X? Or is it, you know, can nurture change that, vice versa? And I think that, um, I don't think these books set out to answer that question, but these books do showcase how... If things are nurtured in people, whether they're good or they're bad, that's often going to be what sort of wins out or will, you know. That being said, there is also an example, but I think that there's an example of like when that nurturing on the bad side doesn't win out, it's because there was a bond at some point where that person has bonded with enough with someone else that there's a point in which they're like but what would this it's either a question of what would this person think of me or I would never want to hurt this person so there's something there that causes them to sort of take a step back and so one of the things that I think for me has been really interesting especially in rereading these books as we are in this craziness because here's the thing um for those of you who've been like listening um this whole time like i started the podcast really because i was really excited i wanted to talk about romance and alini saying and i wanted to read all of the books before um uh alpha night came out last year so the plan was I was going to do an episode per book, which I did. So I fully, I read the entire series and then, Al, you know, Alpha Night came out and then I had an episode for that. Now I started December, my very first episode is December 30th, 2019, right? At, at that moment in time, 
I obviously, like many of us, had no idea what the rest of 2020 would look like, right? 2020 comes, starts January, looking whatever, February, there's whispers, and then March comes, and all of a sudden, life as we know it changes in a very, very drastic sort of way. And so rereading the books then, and then rereading some of them now, for me at least, are like connections in terms of like the way people react to things, the way people act, the way that having um, a grounded group of people can influence the behavior that the people in that group are going to have and also what the lack of protection can mean for different groups of people. Um, and so it, it's it been this weird sort of like as I've been reading this, like because obviously these books weren't written, you know, in this climate, in this time. Um, they were written well before all of this, right? One of the things that I think is really interesting um, as we start to hit these later books is like when there are mentions like of things in the past, but the date is like 2003. Like for all of us reading, we were probably a lot, you know, alive and well for 2003. And so we have our own concept of what 2003 looked like. Obviously, it's not the same as this world's 2003 because it's a different world. But reading about a group, of, a, a society that is grappling with, you know, the decisions that were made that were supposed to be for everyone, not everyone's protection, for the size, you know, well-being and how that has fallen apart, how that has been corrupted, how that has been sort of just, it's allowed for the wrong people to sort of rise to the top and have access and wealth and power and then you know watching the news and seeing similar sort of things where you know certain people have enriched themselves in a way that is utterly obscene while others are struggling dying etc etc so it's been at least for me it's been really interesting to read that and to think of how people who have close-knit family whether it is their blood family, right, their birth family, or it is a family that they have created, they have founded, and how that impacts how they navigate through the craziness that we're going through, right? Um, again, obviously, it's not exactly the same because, like, we don't have mental powers. No one can shift into an animal. Um, like, I don't get to turn into a bear, sad face. Um Nobody's out here moving molecules with their brain or teleporting around the world with the blink of a thought, teleporting to people's faces, sad face again. Because, ooh, girl, sometimes I'm like, oh, I could be sad. I'm pretty sure I'm a changeling. But sometimes I'm like, well, teleportation sounds amazing. But then I think I could also be like a falcon, right? I could be a winged bird, um, either predatory or non-predatory, in which case I could just fly places. Um, and like, wouldn't that be amazing? But anyway, um, reading this series, I feel like I get to see 
the ugliness, obviously, of the characters, the bad ones, but also the amount of, not just the amount of work, but the amount of care and empathy that, you know, the quote-unquote good people. And it's not about, everyone has complexities, I think. That's something that Nalini is saying really does really well her characters aren't one-dimensional it's not like i am good therefore like like fully shining pure perfect and have never done any bad thing ever um and then the bad person is just straight evil never done a good no right there are so many different shades of gray um we've seen characters who started out in the series you know really just looking like they were dipped in some tar and weren't ever going to get out of that. And the growth that they've had, um, the way in which they have changed their behavior because they've begun to understand what it means to be part of community, what it means to be part of a society, what it means to care for not just themselves, but for the weakest sort of link or chain or groups of people. Um, And that growth that we've been seeing throughout the series, right, of so many characters. We've seen characters who, you know, look and sound like they're really great people who've had those moments where they've had to make really hard decisions, where they've had to attack in self-defense, or where they've been so close to that line of like, I could just, you know, end this person or end that person um and realizing but that wouldn't make me any better and so I shouldn't and so seeing sort of the breadth of humanity um and it never being about it never being about like um oh what is the word oh I can't think of it but we neighbor silence yourself normally you're silent why can i hear you i'm kidding um but we get to see so so many examples of you know people coming together and working together and it's people sometimes it's examples of like you know when the changeling packs are helping each other right which is expected um but then there's the unexpected sort of like connections that are happening between the three races which have been sort of which not have been sort of which have been separate right um and are dealing with all of the baggage from the trauma that has been inflicted due to the separation due to some people some groups of people believing one group is better than the other and the you know all all that sort of um rhetoric and so it's interesting at least for me to read this while we live through these interesting times which oh my god sometimes i'm like can we go back to boring times <laughs> can we go back to times that aren't you know gonna make it to a history book <laughs> but then the reality is was there ever a time like that probably not mm. um but yeah the this book last guard i think does a really it continues the work that this series has done in showcasing the ways in which people 
can come together and work together um even when it seems like it's really it's not like how how can that happen um we oh a little more like into the theories we learn about designation a we learn about anchors and i think what's really interesting is i feel like for a lot of us it felt like similar to the rest of the side population where we just sort of were like anchors or anchors and we thought we knew what we needed to know about them as readers like everyone else who isn't an anchor we start we learn as readers how much that designation matters and we too like the characters are kind of like whoa like we didn't really understand what this designation was what this designation meant and all of a sudden in this book it's really like hello girl if you thought that this is was not important um and i think i think that's really interesting because sometimes you're reading and the author lets the reader know information that the characters don't know and you're reading like kind of waiting like oh my god when they find out when they find out that wasn't the case in this book it was more of a case of all of us being like both us the reader and all of the non-anchor characters being like wait hold up wait what excuse me huh how does this work what do you mean and so we then learn or understand in this book that the the knowledge that we did have about this designation was so surface level right which then sort of brings up the question of like how much is lost when we let you know knowledge when we only focus on the surface and we never sort of share the more intricate and deeper history of a group of people of a region like what is lost when you just literally share only allow the most basic of facts to be the focus and you don't ever really sort of dig down and drill down um deeper to find out the history and how does that then impact the future in that in the sense that like what happens if at some future point that knowledge is needed and yet was it ever passed down right um so we get to see this designation sort of we get to see the fullness of this designation um in a way that we had not yet seen and i do think at least for me, um, this was a reminder that we have information about different designations for sure, but there's still so much that is hidden. And it's hidden because the side councils all understood that to maintain their levels of power, people needed to be kept in ignorance. People needed to not understand how things worked, how things operated, what connections could be made. And again, uh, just saying, uh, reminds me of uh, current times. Um, But yeah, I think that this book is beautifully written as usual. Again, guys, 
in case you're like, wait, she kind of sounds like a fangirl. Guys, I am like fangirl to the, you know, 10th extreme, right? Uh, Berkeley just had this like sweepstakes where you could enter and you got like a meet and greet. It was 90 seconds with Nalini saying, and I was like, I'm going to enter and not going to win. And then I did, I was chosen. I was like, oh my God. And it was just 90 seconds. And she was kind of like, ah, and I was like, oh my God, you're amazing. Your books. Thank you so much. Because her books are incredible right and i'm always going to say that i don't think there's ever going to come a day where i'm gonna like well actually uh no no everything i've read everything i've read um has just been top tier top tier um and can be reread and reread um and you find more information you find more knowledge it just feeds the soul um so yeah in case you're like I thought I was going to get a really objective. Eee, I can't be objective. I mean, I could tell you she's brilliant. If you're like, well, I thought, mm, brilliant. I don't know what more you want from me. Um, what else can I talk about that won't like spoil it? Um, because Kanto is a merchant. We obviously see uh, merchants. We see Silver. We see Arwen. We see Ina. We also get to meet his mom, and that's another Merkin character we haven't met. Oh, you might be like, but that is a spoiler. Oh, sorry. Ignore that part. <laughs> um, and Pyle and her whole history and family, that is all brand new to all of us. So I ain't going to talk about that. Um, we have sightings of Caleb and Sahara. Sightings of Ivy and Aiden. Who else do we have sightings of? Oh, Arwen and Pavel. And it's just such a good book. It's just such a good book. And the thing is, it leaves me with more questions. It leaves me wanting more. It 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 introduces you to other characters. So you're going to be like, well, now I want their stories too. Um, and when are those coming? Um, so be prepared for that. If, I mean, if you're listening, you've never read any Nalini, I don't know. I want to be like, I don't know if that you can start with Last Guard, but my very first Nalini thing was Branded by Fire. Like, it wasn't book one, it was book six. And then I was obsessed with the book and ended up reading everything else after. So, if you want a really good book, uh, yeah, go for it. If you're like, no, Esther, I want some coherence. want to understand. I mean, I would say go all the way to Slave to Sensation. That means that that's book one. And technically speaking, if we add that first season with this one as as 20 books. But think about how wonderful that is. I got to wait a whole year for the next one. You You can space them out. Maybe not till the no absolutely not because you're gonna just want to keep reading but you can at least space them out for quite a bit and then you don't have to wait as long i mean until you read them all um like i have but then you can always go back and reread your favorites and then like tell me like which couples you love more um but yeah uh absolutely absolutely loved this book um cannot wait for the next one but that's gonna be the case always 
cannot wait for Archangel's Light, which is the next Yield Hunter book in the fall. Um, okay, so I'm going to stop here, right? I'm going to stop here and throw in that little commercial. And then when I come back, it's going to be spoiler, spoiler city, okay? And if you're listening right now and you're like, I don't like spoilers, this is where you stop, right? If you want to listen to Attitude Gratitude, sorry, Gratitude Latitude, whatever I called it, because now I've forgotten. You can always fast forward to that. If you don't, if you're scared that you might spoil yourself, don't, don't do it to yourself. Just stop here. Stop here, right? And then once you've read the book, come back and listen. Uh, and then you can just be like, oh, okay, yes, I know what she is talking about. And, you know, who knows? I'm, I might point out things that you hadn't thought about or vice versa. You might be like, wait, but didn't she notice X, Y, and Z? And then you can tell me on the interwebs. But for right now, if you don't want to be spoiled, know that after this commercial break, guess what? It's not going to be the spoilers. Okay? Okay. Okay. So now it is time for spoilers for Last Guard by Nalini Singh. Clearly, it is now time for spoilers. Okay? Hear me? Hear me loud and clear? Hear me roar? Spoilers! I mean, that wasn't a roar, but whatever. You know what I mean. I'm about to spoil things. So again, if spoilers are not your jam, if they are not... I was about to say some foolishness like if they're not the pickle to your wickle what the anyway if you don't want to hear spoilers this is where you pause because from this moment forward i'm about to start spoiling things and ah you know it's up to you all right it's up to you you made the choice you either don't spoil yourself you already read the book so you fine or you spoil yourself anyway Last guard, Nalini Singh. Pyle and Kanto, I love them. Okay, so my first, I had many thoughts, right? The first time I read it was like, holy mother of Christ, thank you, Jesus. The second time I read it, I was like, oh my goodness, um, you know, the angels have sung on high kind of thing. Pyle and Kanto, um, if I'm not mistaken, this is our first like side pairing where both of them are cardinals everyone both Pyle and Canto are cardinals and Canto's eyes specifically it like are specific enough that Pyle immediately knows who he is based on the galaxies in his eyeballs um because if we think about um the rest of the cardinals that we have met right sasha is made it to a sigh or wow i'm blank sorry friends it's the heat i'm blaming the heat sasha is made it to a changeling lucas right sienna is made it to a changeling now caleb is made it to a sigh right sahara but sahara isn't technically a cardinal cardinal she's off the chart she's close but from what unless i'm wrong no i'm pretty no sahara's not a cardinal he was a cardinal she was not a cardinal um basic aiden ivy zyra these are all sigh who aren't cardinals who else is a cardinal? Faith, but also made it to a changeling. Is anybody else a cardinal? Because Sophia is not. 
Katya's not. Ashaya and Amara aren't either. Hmm, I'm thinking about it. Anyway, as far as I am aware of, Ethan... Was Ethan a cardinal? I just read his book. I should know this. No, crazy man of power, but not cardinal status. Not cardinalized. Um, memory, also not a cardinal. Anyway, we've got two side who are both cardinals, um, who meet when they are children. Now, one of the things that I think, especially as I've been rereading over and over again, because whatever, um, on one hand, it's like, whoa, like the amount of trauma that some of these side characters have is like, oh my God. And a lot of it has to do with you were growing up and being raised in a system that absolutely punishes all quote-unquote emotional aberrations, you know, left, right, and center. Um, Because they aren't obviously the first two to have been kidnapped and tortured and treated horribly in a school. What I thought was really interesting, though, was that there was a school where you would send cardinals to like try and fix them, I guess, or try to see what you could do because you wouldn't um, get rid of them because they were cardinals. Which it means that had Canto and Pyle not been cardinals, with the issues that they have had, they would have, you know, died. They would have been killed um, unless their power wore to... You know, kill everyone in the room, a la Ethan, um, which is so, so sad, which then really feeds into um, or really starts to explain the issues that Designation A is facing. Now, as I'd mentioned in the earlier section, um, up until this book, I feel like as a reader, I was like, oh, yeah, anchors, they're important, you know. Santana Enrique was a psychopath, but the, not all of them are, but it is an issue. And like, Pure Sly wanted to kill a few to like make a point. Okay, and whatever. It isn't until this book that it's like, way, way. If anchors are the only reason the Cyanide exists, then like, shouldn't there, they be like the most important designation? Um, and. It was really, really interesting when I was doing the IG live uh, uh, with Destiny from really reading romance. And she was just like, basically, like, she loved that, like, Caleb, like, in this book, you know, Pyle and Cantor are like, you don't know nothing, Caleb, or you don't know everything. And Caleb was like, wait, I don't, wait. But what I thought was so interesting, right, is that both us, the reader, and all the characters outside of Designation A are in the dark in that respect, which is fascinating because Caleb, Nikita, Anthony, Aiden, these are powerful people with a hell of a lot of resources to get any and all information. And yet the the very sort of I want to say banality, but I think that's the wrong word. But the fact that anchors have been relegated to such a... It's 
they're the kind of designation where and they say it in the book like they just do their job and so like no one really pays attention or cares because unless they don't do their job no one will notice the difference like people will notice if anchors stop doing their job or die because then other people start to die because they take part they take the net down with them but as long as they're doing their job no one is paying attention to the fact that they're doing their job (laughs) and so which is fascinating right because it's one of those things where it's very easy to be like oh all these other things but you're like but this very sort of basic thing like it makes me think of like if you're maintaining everything except like the literal foundation of a house it doesn't matter if you renovate and make everything else pretty if the literal foundation of the house is a hot mess because that foundation gonna be like oh oh girl no i can't nah i'm not doing this no more and then it don't matter the amount of effort time money you know that you put into everything else because it will you know a good wind a a good flood uh, tornado fire you know all these other things and it's a wrap because the foundation itself is is a hot mess so reading this book it was like whoa we've been ignoring such a vital aspect and it, it then has leads to the question of like what would things have looked like if anchors weren't so forgotten right and like not and like i feel like the council paid more attention to the you know quote unquote forgotten than they did to anchors which okay yeah because you know one is it um the forgotten were like a threat to their power and the anchors were just doing their job and so at no point was there a thought process of like well what happens if we don't have enough anchors because it's that idea of like well why wouldn't we ever have enough anchors right it's the the thing that you don't think about until it happens you know like all the people in texas whose pipes like exploded because no nothing was insulated and it froze and it's like you would never think about that until it happens i mean i coming from the northeast it would never occur to me that you would have piping that wasn't insulated because i come from a region where like that's just like it's not possible of course once that you stop and you think about it you're like oh well yeah i guess if it never drops below xyz then why would you but similar idea like in this in this world no one's thinking about anchors because they're just they're they're doing their job right everyone's alive and well getting their biofeedback so Clearly, the anchors are doing what they need to do. And the knowledge, the information about that designation and, you know, so much more. Because, like, this whole time there's been all this talk of the Sinai, a honeycomb effect. Oh, this book is like, the substrate, the sub what? The sub who? But it makes sense. Like, once you really think about it, you're like, oh, oh, okay, the substrate. Yeah yeah why would the net not necessarily be a multi-level structure but you watch questions questions we didn't know we had until she was like hey guys boom whole new whole new piece of supply um and i also think um and i've mentioned this before right nalini really we get to learn the world that we are in via the characters that we are with right having had this knowledge just dropped in our laps from non-anchor characters wouldn't have had the same impact because non-anchor characters i wouldn't know 
be able to understand what they were seeing um, or even better, wouldn't be able to see, right? And so back to what I was saying about how like these books really are about community, about connection, about bonds, right? Not everyone can see everything, right? Caleb being probably one of the most, if not the most powerful character in this world still doesn't know everything and can't see everything. He can't see, you know, the scarabs on the Cynet plane the way that Ethan and Memory and <laughs> Nikita can, which makes me think Nikita's an E-Sigma. But anyway, um, he do- he didn't know about the substrate. Him and Aiden had no idea that anchors could communicate with other sides through their biofeedback link. Okay, so you can have all them shields that you want, but the link to the biofeedback is there and an anchor can communicate with you via that. Yes, it's clunky and whatever, but like no idea because again, this also feels to me very much like what happens when um, history and information isn't passed on because the people who had it died or it was suppressed And by a certain point, if no one is keeping that history alive, it it disappears, right? Um, And then five, ten generations down the road, there's this realization of like the realization of the magnitude of the loss of that history, right? Because it, it isn't just about, well, we know about our past, but it's also that there can be the answers to the current day problems in the past because well, let's face it, uh, what goes around comes around. Um, things can be cyclical, and sometimes just looking at something from a very different perspective can, you know, bring new solutions. So, this book is just was like whoa because I feel like. We were already at the end of, you know, Alpha Night. You know, it was already really clear. Cynet's in trouble. So much is going on. And at the end of the Cynet, I would have assumed that the answer to the solution or the solution or part of the solution would be, you know, finding more E-Sigmas, right? Finding more empaths that essentially are offensive empaths like they have offensive capabilities as opposed to the non-offensive empaths and figuring out how to stop the scarabs it never would have occurred to me as a reader to think that actually there's even more to it than just you know the empaths that this that what we still are are being shown is how the decimation of bonds and community relationships between the Psy with each other and the Psy with the two other races in the world is why, you know, they're like literally racing towards annihilation and extinction. Um, right? Because we know that human energy needs to be in this network. We know that like, you know, Changeling energy is probably the smallest amount because changelings tend to pull people out into their own neural networks as opposed to 
passively resigning but the the signet is also a sentient being and is aware that it does need a certain amount of that energy and so we have as opposed to at the very beginning of the series where you have Psy being you know pulled out of the signet in this part of the series the sire within you know even when they are mating with non-Psy characters um they're staying within the net. Silver is still in the net, right? Um, Ethan is still in the net because the net knows what it needs. Um, and it's constantly, even though it is incoherent most of the time now and so badly frayed and to the point that like Pyle and Kanto are like, oh, maybe the net mind is, you know, gone, gone. Like, we're, you know, we're, this is the last dying gasp kind of thing. Um, it still has so many pieces in play and it feels very long game of the net mind to be like, which I think is really interesting, right? That the net mind is sentient enough to have known, like, this is what's going wrong and the only way that I'm going to be able to fix it is for these certain things to happen. So protecting empaths, protecting anchors, except no one was aware that anchors were being protected because no one understood what was being done to anchors because bonds didn't really exist, right? And they do, yet they don't, right? Um... They weren't official um, because, for example, Canto's mother, Magdalene, this is a woman who carried her son to term, gave him up and then realized that that was a mistake. Right. She is sigh. Right. She is silent when this happens. This isn't even at like, no, like Canto's a fully grown man. Like, I think they mentioned he's like 39. I think like we are talking about deep in silence at this point there is no possible are the rebels working yes because these Zen would have been trying to figure out a way um whether or not it was outright rebellion he was thinking of at that point or just setting the groundwork but we're talking about this is not like oh well Sasha's defected and no we're talking and yet at that moment right she is like, and the Merkant family or Mer- whatever, you know what I mean? The way in which they hold on to their people, hold on to their family, are loyal, right? And they keep stating that it has to do with um, just who they are and their history. And because they know their history, right? I thought all that was so fascinating, learning about hub anchors, because again, when we first hear about anchors um, in Bonds of Justice, right? Because Sophia Russo, the J, is a minor anchor. But Sophia is an anchor not because she was born an anchor. Sophia is an anchor because her mind, in the traumatic experience that she goes through, anchored itself into the signet to survive. That's a very, very different, you know than what happens with designation a so that's our first taste of anchors and then again in um tangle of need right where pure sigh is uh is it tangle of need or is it it is tangle of need uh where pure sigh is you know trying to attack anchors and so 
you're reading and you're like, oh, okay. And then you, you get to this book and you're like, whoa, there is so much more to anchors, right? Which again, to me, then brings up the question, like, what more else can every single designation do, right? And then the realization that like, the uniqueness of people means that there's also a uniqueness to all of the sub designations and there have to be sub designations for every designation, which is to me fascinating because it just means more books. Um, but like Pyle and Kanto and the bond that they have that begins so early. I thought what was really, um, interesting i think at one point he says something like you know he'd found his person early and it immediately made me think of the way that you know um in changelings right you sometimes have changelings who find each other very young right our first our first example of that is tasman and nate in dark river right hawk you know did meet who, who the woman who the the person who would have become his mate had she lived, uh, Risa, uh, except she passed. And so we know in the changeling world, and it is accepted, that that happens and that can happen. Um, and what I think is really interesting, or at least that sticks out to me in this book, is that something like that must happen with the side because, again, you know, they have this neural network that they like literally explore you know right like changelings know that a neural network exists in the sense that like you know they've had sigh you know pre-silence and now post you know whatever post-silence who have you know joined the pack and haven't died so they're getting biofeedback from somewhere so clearly it you know it works um and they're aware of that but it's it's just it I think that like the same sort of base that allows for changelings to find each other as mates probably exists in the side, except the Psy have completely suppressed that, right? Um and the examples of it existing show up in, you know, cases of extreme um trauma and pain because at that point you can't hold on to like i don't feel nothing when you know people are torturing you or torturing others around you so this and what i also i i guess also what i thought was really interesting is we have you know we know that arrow children are you know this is something that happened but in this book we realize like okay this also happens to like high gradient and or cardinal status side from powerful families right because ivy ivy jane zen right her parents end up like doing something but they weren't ever this like crazy power group right they weren't a rao family group they weren't the mercants they weren't you know the geocons family like they were just a couple who had a child and decided that they would protect their child um and clearly that was based in emotion, but of course it's much easier to just be like, well, it's our genetic investment and this is what we got to do because whatever. And so their decision was, we're going to just kind do our best to fall off the grid as much as we can and live in a commune with others and do our best to stay safe, right? Because these are, you know, I would consider the middle class people, people who don't have 
the political clout and the financial clout behind them. Um, I always think of the fact that, like, Nikita, right, is such, like, like the things that she has done. But I've, when we first started the series, I was like, this whore, this bitch, the what? But at this point in the series, I'm like, Nikita made the decision and at least this is the way I see it. Nikita made the decision to be the power, right? Not to have money, not to, to be the power. Because it is a lot harder to come after your child when you are the power, right? When you are the authority, when, you know, the bug stops here. Um, and so looking at things from that point, right? And it it's interesting because... Again, when we start the series, Sasha's like, how could my mother, da-da-da-da, you know, whatever. And then, at the, you know, as the series progresses, as we see the choices that are made and whatnot and the realizations, it's like, or did she do whatever it took to be so powerful that no one would, you know, snatch her child away? And come after her and her child. Something that, you know, a lot of other Psy, a lot of other powerful Psy families don't do. I mean, Pax Marshall and his twin sister are an interesting example, or another example of his, you know, his sister isn't outright murdered, I think, because at that point it is clear that to do so to a twin bond means the death of, you know, the other. Um, but there's this, you know, it's interesting to see the, the Psy families that hold on to their people in a non, you know, psychopathic way. And then the opposite, right? Because Pyle's father is holding on to her and her brother, but he is a psychopath. So is his son. It's just she's literally in a den of of of, of vipers, like it is horrifying, um, and seeing her learn trust with Kanto is is beautifully done, is beautifully done. Uh, I think there was also a mention at one point, like the Mercants are suddenly like becoming even even more of a power, and yet I don't think that's the case. I think the Mercants have always been that level of a power which is why no none of their people have ever been taken and even in Kanto's case where the agreement was that the Fernandez family group would have him that ends up not being the case um and homeboy Kanto's father is killed um I think it's because they just are they understand on on many levels that being that powerful means that you can protect your own right um and we see that also like in changes like snow dancer was like we are going to become so powerful that no side will ever come fuck with us right and then it gets to a point where all changeling packs are like now nah, we are gonna yeah, well not all changeling packs but snow dancer lexi dark river you know windhaven you know, Tejon and the rats, like these, these changeling groups are starting to be like, we will be as powerful as we need to be. So, you know, you can't come fuck with us. Bowen and the human lions being like, we, you know, because 
there's always there are always going to be groups that obviously want to destroy and hello the architect and the consortium and and the consortium seems to ooh this was something that i was kind of like wait what because all of a sudden the focus is on the architect right and the architect did create the consortium and she's now very much focused on being the you know the scarab queen or the queen scarab whatever but are all the players in the consortium nullified? Like, I don't know. And so I wonder what we might see in that respect. Because I don't know that that's the last that we've heard of them. And also, she is batshit crazy. I don't know who she is. Like, sometimes I'm like, it's Shoshana. And then other times I'm like, but that seems so obvious. So it's probably somebody else. And then I'm like, I don't know what I don't know. I don't know. All I know is she crazy. I mean, that's what the scary power does, but damn, she crazy. Um, but yeah, this book is just gives us so much information. Of course, gives us so many questions, right? Because I want to know more about designation A. We meet a bunch of new characters, right? Um, Aaron and uh we see Bjorn again, Suriana, I, I don't know if it's Azure or Agar. Um, so we meet all these, we meet, we meet the advisory board for the anchors and we're just like, oh, who are these people? We get more Arwen and Pavel and it is so, so good. I, I'm really hoping that similar to, um, uh, Walker and Laura, where we got their story, story in the back round of other books and like you know we we kept seeing them throughout the the we've been seeing their relationship i hope that we get the same with arwen and pavel if we don't get a full book a novella would also be amazing um sorry guys it felt like a bug touched me and i was about to start screaming like a five-year-old because uh if there's one thing I don't like, it's bugs. Um, I think insects are gross. And I mean, when they're outside, I understand that I'm in their home. But when I'm inside, that means they came into my space. And then that means that they have to die. But anyway, um, yeah, we meet all of these really... I'm like I'm curious about Pyle's sister. I'm curious about the, the young woman that Pyle saved. And the young... Not the young man was he i don't know how young i'd say middle age um who ends up you know letting her know the truth about the the drug that her father was you know holding over her head um it's just it opens up i mean i also so what we learn right kanto is in the moscow area he's basically near denholm so that he's like close to silver because that valentin is like silver needs family and he's like well it's like no silver needs family but ivan who we did meet in silver silence right because he you know was uh running security in her building and then was always kind of like how is valentin getting in here and then was kind of like it mentions that he's moved to san francisco and i was like oh oh he's in san fran you say um so 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 could 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 he to end up with someone in Dark River, someone in Snow Dancer? Um oh, what if he ended up with one of the rats? 
oh my goodness sorry guys it's just i have questions there's questions um oh also in this book we find out sophia is pregnant so we're gonna see a baby that's so we already have sasha and lucas's child half changeling half sigh right mercy and riley's pup cubs half leopard half well, well two are wolves one is a leopard right um and then now we've got sophia who's gonna have a child who's gonna be half human half sigh which is like oh and i wonder if um max's natural shield will play any anyway questions um and so there's just oh and what i also thought was really interesting um sophia mentions that she has a friend who's a jay who just became sensitive but is absolutely touch starved and i feel like all the side are on various levels of of us touch starvation because this is a race that has not been touching for a hundred fucking years right and so she, her uh, Max comes up with the idea of like maybe creating a list of humans with natural with who have the natural like mental shield, so that touch sensitive Jays can you know, you know hug them, hold their hand, whatever, and not like you know be launched into their fucking memories and minds and die in an avalanche. And what it immediately made me think of is the fact that. Right, the side net needs human, um, human energy, and wouldn't it be fascinating if you saw, if we got to see, you know, touch sensitive jays, who think that like, once they're at that point, it's like, well, there's nothing left except basically death, and instead of dying, connecting with humans with natural mental shields and possibly falling in love because guys come on come on come on romance novels um i was like oh oh i would love that oh i would love that i mean yes can we have that can you give that to us i'm just immediately when i actually know the first time i read through i think i just was like oh yeah that sounds cool but the second time i was like wait (laughs) think of the possibilities um so no this book oh it is so so good right i'm also curious about the other kids at that school right we we know cancel compile and but what about the other kids did they end up going back home to family groups that killed them did they end up being um leashed by those family groups rehabilitated like what 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 happened there um oh okay i will say this this one does end on a spoiler, right? Queen of Scarab is about to do some crazy wild thing. And I was like, <gasps> Nalini, I have to wait a year. And it is on cliffhanger. <laughs> but it's fine. Because, I mean, it's not like I'm not going to read it when it comes out. <laughs> Girl, bye. Of course I am. Um, And I'm very, very like, oh. There have been lots of people, like, talking about, like, different possibilities. Uh, one of the IG chats that Destiny did, the last one, um, her guest mentioned, like, what if Mian ended up with... No, not Mian. No, Malachi and Alice Eldridge. And I was like, oh, 
what a black sea changeling and alice right because i think it's very easy to be like well alice is gonna end up with a sly but we don't know that right she could end up with a changeling she could end up with a sly she could also end up with another human i don't know how that would move the story forward but it's possible you know what i'm saying right um and then i'm like constantly like wondering like like what are the things are begin i really think we're gonna see more e-sigmas i think we're also going to learn even more about anchors the question now becomes like who are these e-sigmas that we're going to see like where are they gonna come from because uh will they all like memory and ethan have a distant relation as in like a specific oh oh <gasps> Sorry, guys, I just had the thought. So I keep thinking that Nikita is at least either an E-Sigma or has E-Sigma traits because she was able to see the scarab and only Memory and Ethan have been able to see it, right? What? And they know that they that there's a common relation. Now, they didn't have that feeling when they met with Nikita. Um, but I also think, like, it's Nikita. But, like, what if Nikita's family line spawns empaths and E-sigmas? Because she only has the one child, right? She only has... Yeah, Sasha doesn't have siblings, right? No. No. No, it was Faith that had siblings and um, one path. Hmm. Oh, you know, it would also be kind of cool. This is very, very, very far-fetched. And who knows? Like, what if there was a character who ended up being, like, a child of Nikita and Anthony? I mean, it's crazy, guys. It's crazy. I know it is. I know it is. But there's clearly a connection between the two. The two... And I do not think that it is a connection that exists now. I think it's a connection that has always existed, personally. Um... So I wonder, I wonder. Um, so yeah, we we have another whole area of the world that's opened up for us with all this information about designation A and the fact that, you know, information about the history of A's and why the, they're not supposed to congregate, all of that that I think will come in future books because it's information that's currently actively being searched for. Um, but yeah, if you love Caleb, you're going to enjoy this book. He shows up. Uh, Sahara shows up. Aiden shows up. You know, we... Uh, oh, there's also... So Ina, Ina Market finds or adds a another character, Janara, who is a teleport capable tk and Kanto's kind of like where did she find her and and she's considered a member of the family like this isn't someone who's working this is similar to how they've sort of accepted caleb as a member of the family this woman so who is she and where did she come from mm-hmm. questions guys what like are we going to learn more is she going to end up with a bear um or or something else, right? We don't know. We don't know. But I am so excited to find out. Like, so excited to find out. Um, let me see what else. Oh, I mean, 
sorry, mind blanked. Um, no, I, this is just such a wonderful book. Oh, and they're okay. So when they were in the school, they weren't called by their names. They were given sort of they're not even nicknames. They they were basically numbered, and so Pyle was three K and Kanto was seven J, right? And that's they didn't know their they didn't know each other's names. Um, they that's all they knew um, to call each other. And then throughout, as like he calls her three K affectionately, and she calls him. I was like, this is so cute. I think it's just he is the two of them really really work so well together. They wouldn't have made sense without any other characters. I loved the two of them and how they navigated their relationship, how they navigated the fact that she isn't, you know, neurotypical. She is neurodivergent and and yet that's fine. Like Kanto doesn't make Pyle feel or act like that, you know. I mean, she's neurodivergent, he is disabled and they're still full people with full lives and ready and willing to take on whoever they need to take on for designation a and ah it was so good like so so good and it's also okay what's also really funny is arwin and silver are like oh my god pile row is like she's gonna hurt kanto like i don't know if he can you know like she's too mean or too cruel and it's like girl you made it with a bear alpha and she's like okay that's different it's like it's not it's not it's not though what do you what oh and we see dima um and the fact that the bears are like becoming like basically are like we're gonna be your friend to kanto like chaos and dima just show up and hang out with him and like kanto cooks for chaos so chaos gets a break from cooking what I was like, yes, yes, make them friendships, make them friendships, guys, do it, yo, it's just, it's such a good book, it's such a good book, I will reread it, of course, because, (laughs) hello, um, I will, and I'm sure the next time I reread, there'll be another detail, because I think that's also the really fascinating thing, is as I read a new, I'm just like, oh, details 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 right um so i'm sure that there'll be other things that pop up and i'm like oh interesting oh oh i also wonder if we'll see more of theo as we see in future books right because there's very little mention of pax and theo if any i think in this book i could be wrong Ashley might just be thinking about Alpha Night. I don't think they're mentioned at all in this book, but I wonder if. Oh my goodness. What does the scarab power look like or act like if the person is bonded or mated to another? And the thing is. There's no way to know because when Scarab is first initialized, it is early 2000s, well into silence. So that's not allowed or accepted or even a thought. 
When Scarab first comes, oh, oh my God, guys, what if the only other way to ameliorate the the insanity that comes with Scarab is being bonded to another person? Because Pax is way more rational than any of the other Scarab people, and he has a bond to his twin. Now that's a it's a, it was a very strange bond. Oh my god, guys. Oh my god. Oh my god. I just there are so many possibilities. <sighs> okay. I feel like I've uh talked at you. Oh my god, it's 43 minutes of me talking about the spoiler part. Oops. I mean not oops. Y'all know how much I love this book, this series. Um Go out, read this book if you haven't. If you've read it once, go back and read it again. Because it the second time, I feel like the first time, at least I do this, first time I'm just so excited that it's almost like my brain is just like only sees the big moments. And the second and third and fourth reread, I'm like, ooh, little details, little moments. Ooh la la. Um, so yeah, read this book. Enjoy this book. Um, and that's all I'm going to say. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. It's time for gratitude attitude. Okay, friends. So I have a lot to be grateful for because it's been a minute. Um, first Berkeley had a sweepstakes where you could just enter to see if you could do a meet and greet virtually with Nalini Singh and I was all like I'm gonna enter I'm not gonna win and then I saw the email because I had been selected so I got it was only 90 seconds but it was 90 seconds where I got to tell her thank you over and over again because I love the book so much and she was all like thank you for reading it I was like kind of like fake why are you thanking me for that like this is the greatest thing ever like oh my god um so yes I actually thought it was a lot of fun and if anyone knows anyone at Berkeley please tell them that they should consider doing this for like all their authors um for release week or the week after or whatever just like have people sign up it's really really cool um I really really enjoyed it Okay, next thing that I'm grateful for. So, I'd never done an IG Live. And Teresa from Reads underscore Romance had reached out to tell me. Uh, well, I mean, we could, we DM all the time. But she DM'd me to tell me that Destiny at Really Reading Romance was doing IG Live chats about, you know, the side changeling series and if i was interested in doing um books seven eight and nine which is blaze memory bonds of justice and play of fashion and of course i was like hell the hell yeah like i'm there <laughs> of course so i got to do my very first ig live i had a wonderful time like i was very nervous beforehand but i had read all three books i was ready and it was a blast it was so much fun 
I need to figure out how to do more video stuff because I actually really, really enjoyed it. Um, I'm still very slow at that. So I'm going to figure it out slowly but surely. But you're going to see more of my face. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get my voice and my face. Mm. Which should be interesting because I make weird facial expressions a lot. Anyway, um, but yeah, getting to do that, having that be my first experience, which was so, so wonderful. Um, and East City Books is such a cool bookstore. It's in Washington, D.C. Um, and I went for a weekend. I was able to go to the bookstore. Anyway, it's a really cool space. So if you're ever in, if you're in D.C. or you're ever in D.C., check out East City Books because it is a fantastic bookstore. And it had, guys, a proper romance section. Like it wasn't a shelf, a quarter of a shelf. It was a whole book, like whole bookcase section um with it also had some mass market and here's the thing i don't know about y'all but often when i go into indie bookstores they're like mass market what is that and i'm like anyway because sometimes that's what i want sometimes i'm fine with trade but sometimes i want mass market the hell so yeah east city books top tier top tier love it um the next thing that I'm grateful for, uh, it's also book related because book related things, um, uh, make me really, really happy. So, uh, Lucy Eden, uh, Katrina Jackson and Tasha L. Harrison did a meet and greet, a virtual and an in-person one. The in-person one was in Brooklyn and I live in Queens. So I was like, I'm going to the in-person one. So I went to the in-person one and I got to see with masks on um, Katrina Jackson, Lucy Eden, and Tasha L. Harrison, as well as some of my um, Instagram and sort of uh, romance landed mutuals. P was there and it was so much fun. It was so much fun. I loved it so much. I got books, which I have to post pictures because I'm slow, like whatever. Um, it was so much fun. And I am so, so thankful that I was able to attend, um, that I was vaccinated and I was able to go and I was able to like see them in person. They are all so fucking beautiful and so fucking cute. And I love them. And I am hoping that we get years and years and years of amazing books from them um so that was another thing that I was like so grateful for because it's just really cool it's really really cool um so I mean I'm sure there's more things I'm grateful for I mean I got my signed copy of Last Guard from E-City Books oh my god like it came with a book plate um and I was like hi uh, what else am I grateful for? Oh, there's this. Okay, she's on Instagram. It's this black woman owned like jewelry brand called. I always say Ben Oni. I don't know if it's Ben Oni, if it's Ben Oni. I, I say Ben Oni because there's B E N space O N I. That's how I say it. I may be saying it wrong, in which case I apologize. Anyway, she's got some. I love all gold things. She's got some fantastic jewelry. Like, I love the rings. I love the charms. I love the earrings. Um, I just... So, she was having a sale. 
which might still be on right now because she's having a summer sale and then sort of going on a you know bit of a summer hiatus but the sale is 30 percent off guys 30 percent oh let me just let me just check uh summer sale yes 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 but how long does it go that's what i wanted to know um yeah 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 He's not telling me. Oh, maybe if I went to the website, stupid. <laughs> okay, I'm pretty sure it's until August 1st. So if you're listening to this episode tomorrow, the sale is still on. Um, But I was, because she's based in New York and I'm in New York, I was able to just go and pick up my stuff instead of... um having it shipped to me and where I live in Queens I live in Long Island City I was able to take the ferry down to Wall Street and then just like it's like a seven minute walk to uh where I could pick up the jewelry so it was like glorious I just love I I'm suddenly you know some weird bougie person it's like I just take the ferry places I take the ferry because um why would I take the regular MTA when I could take the ferry um I'm a weirdo but the stuff is incredible. And she also has some anti-tarnish jewelry that like doesn't tarn Ugh, it's so beautiful. I love it. I love it. I will include a link in the show notes for you, okay? We'll include a link because oh and even after she shuts down the website, I believe on August first. You can also still purchase your stuff at Macy's because it's now available at Macy's, ah! um, which is obviously so, so, so dope. Ah, okay, I think that's all I got for you guys this week. I will be back next week. We're back to regularly scheduled uh, episodes. Uh, they will be out on Wednesdays instead of on Mondays. I'm I'm trying something new. I'm trying something different. Um and yeah i can't wait to keep talking to you guys about you know what else romance novels (laughs) uh let me know what you thought uh about the episode the book the author life you know um on the twitters or instagrams and i hope that all of you have a wonderful week that if you can you drink as much water as possible because it is gross out there and hydration is key okay hydration is key so thank you guys so much and i will talk to you guys next week bye